So what's happening, church? Are we good? Come on, are we good? If you're good, say, I'm good. I'm good because God is good and he only has good gifts for me and his people. Man, I love that, that we can decipher what comes our way based off of the goodness that is, that is happening. Amen. It's real easy to tell when it's coming from the enemy or God because scripture says that every good gift comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no shadow or variation due to change. Meaning he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always good. He will always be good. And he has good for you and for me. Amen. Amen. But so look, man, I just, I'm going to take some time today just to share my heart with, with you guys. All right. Just share my heart a little bit. And because when I was asking God, God, what do you want me to share with your people, because make no mistake about it, you're his people. Before you're anyone else's people, you're people who come to CWC and we love you and appreciate you, but you're God's people. Before anything and anyone else, you're his, right? And so when I was asking him, Lord, what do you want me to share with, with your people? He spoke to me very, very clearly. He said, capture your community. Capture your community, which, by the way, is the title of the message. Touch your neighbor, say, capture your community. Tell them, capture you. We're going to do this multiple times, by the way, just to give you a heads up. I do it every week, but it's like some people still are caught off guard by it. Like, I do it every week because <laughs> I, I want it to be written on the tablets of your heart. So instead of just hearing it, I want you to be saying it and declaring it to one another. You're telling each other. The reason I do what I do and have you touch each other and you know, all those things, because I want you declaring that over one another. The things I tell you to, to touch one another. Touch them again. Say, capture your community. Capture. <clears throat> and what the Lord meant by that <clears throat> was, was really, really simple. What he meant was, is he just wanted me to share, share the vision that he has for CWC. And so I'm just gonna take a, to take a few moments to, to share that with you. And because it's, it's wild how God spoke to, to Julia and I so many years ago. And in case you're wondering who Julia is, that's my beautiful wife, amen. I'm her handsome husband, glory to God. With a ton of style, come on somebody. Like. <laughs> I'm obviously kidding. <clears throat> somebody was pointing at my shoes somewhere. <laughs> but anywho. God spoke to, to Julie and I many, many years ago. And, and you know what? It, it amazes me because not only does she, she lead on worship, helps with worship. She writes a children's curriculum here every single Sunday for the kids that are, that are down there. She handles all that. She handles all the financial administration. And she also works a full-time job. And she's the mother of our two amazing kids. She's a rock star. And so like, she amazes me. And it amazes me how she hears from God. And then she'll hear what I tell her God told me. And it's crazy how she can take it and put it on paper for, for me to see. She can literally take a vision and make it visual. She, she can take a vision and make it reality. It's a, it's a gift that God has, has given her. I may receive a lot of the vision, but she's the one that implements the steps in order to see the vision come to fruition. And that's why we make such a good team. God knew what he was doing when he, when he put us together. And she is so blessed by it. I promise you that. Tell her when you leave today, like you're blessed and highly favored. <laughs> Need all the points I can get, church. Like help a brother out. Like, no, but, but, but it amazes me. And God spoke to, to her and I to break from the sea. And so he wanted me to, to share my heart with you. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a break from the series, The Saga of Salvation. Just, just one week, but, but please 
Make sure you come back and say, because you're not going to miss it, man. We're, we're jumping into a new scene. And it's going to be like the kids say, epic up in here. Like, it's going to be lit up in here. Not sure what any of that means, but hopefully I'm not saying bad words. Like, <laughs> I had one time this person come up to me and said, did you know what you just said from up there? I was like, no. They go, well, you shouldn't say that. I'm like, God, forgive me for me to say it again. I was like, oh, I didn't know it had that connotation to it. God, forgive me. You never know what's going to come out of my mouth up here. But anyway, so yeah, be back next week. You don't want to, you don't want to miss it. But, but I really did feel like the Lord wanted to, to take a week here to, to share the vision with, with all of us. And here's why it's important. Because scripture says, my people perish for the lack of vision. Perhaps a, a more simpler way to put that in, in maybe layman terms, which I need layman terms, by the way, how God speaks to me is very, very simply. And a more simple way would be this, that my people lack direction and so they, they perish. Because a vision gives us direction. That, that's what a vision does, it gives us direction. And when we know where we're headed, it gives us a purpose. It gives us a purpose. But when we, we don't have the vision, when we don't have it, when we don't know why we exist or why we are doing the things that we are doing, we actually become selfish and self-absorbed. Because then everything is about, well, about us. Everything becomes about us. We, we start thinking that the church that we are attending exists for, for us, right? And so then if that's the case, if that starts happening, when we come into church and we see things that we quote, unquote, don't like, right? Like, cause it's not our style. You know what I mean? Like it's not our style. And if I was in charge, I wouldn't do things the way that they do things, right? Like, see, when we lose focus on the vision, we will start dividing into different divisions in the church. That's why you have church starting to click up with people because they like vision. And, and so I'm going to get with Larry because me and Larry don't like this about the pastor, right? So me and him are going to become buddies. And and me and this person's gonna come buddies because they don't like how loud the music is and I don't either. So we can, we can feed off of one another. What happens is the lack of vision causes us to break up into different divisions. Why, why in the world do they have moving lights on this stage? Why, I don't, why is the music so, so stinking loud in here? Why, why does the worship leader wear a hat when he's worshiping? Doesn't he realize it's the house of God? Why does the, the pastor wear skinny ripped jeans? Like does, can he not afford any other jeans? Like, <laughs> See, when we, we don't have a vision, then everything that takes place is we misinterpret the mission. No vision will misinterpret the mission. Because without vision, my people perish. Division starts taking place. But man, when we know the vision... And man, we grab a hold of the vision. We buy in. I'm telling you when you've been spoken, all of a sudden, there's a unity. And I'm telling you, when unity takes place in the body of Christ, and it doesn't need to be a t unity in one accord, with one mind and one heart, when unity takes place, there is nothing that is impossible for us to accomplish in Christ. Because we, we realize this, that there's something greater before us. And so it's bigger than, than us. And, and we realize that, that God is for me, so who can be against me? We, we rethink that we are, are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus together. So everything becomes possible together 
in Christ when there's unity because of the, it's all about us. The enemy can only stop us if he can convince us it's all about us. That's how he stops us. That's how he stops us. He can't do anything from out there because we see him coming. He can do it in here though. He can do it in the midst of, of us. He's not gonna come in from out there because we're like, hey, you can say whatever you wanna say. I don't know you. So it's like, we, we understand. You, you don't know the Lord. Like, it's cool. You can say whatever you wanna say. But when he starts to convince us that it's all about us in the church, the church then starts dividing. And that's how he, he stops us. But when we realize it's bigger than us, man, it's gonna be wild what God can do through us. And then no longer does it, it doesn't matter anymore about how things look because it's all about the vision that God has given. And see, that's, that's why God says my people perish for the lack of vision. Because if you don't have vision, it becomes very, very self-absorbed. Not, not knowing the vision that God has given will always cause you to think about yourself. And it's, it's real easy for that to take place. Matter of fact, we eventually, if that's the heart and this is what happens to us, we eventually become irrelevant in the kingdom of God. Completely irrelevant. That's perishing in my book. If I'm not gonna be effective for the kingdom, what the heck am I doing? For real, like what am I, what am I doing? And so today the Lord really wanted to, to refocus us with the vision of CWC, amen? Amen, and what great timing. I love the Lord's timing. I love his timing. It's always perfect because, I mean, here we are. We're on the backside of the carnival. And I was telling the staff a couple weeks ago or it might have been last week, whatever. I say a lot of stuff to them, so I, who knows when I say it. But, but I was telling them how every year we typically speak about vision leading up to the carnival. But this year, literally, the Lord never put it on my heart, so I don't, I don't do it. Unless God speaks it to me, I really don't, I don't do it. I try to listen to exactly what he's saying and where we are and be in the moment that he wants us in. And so... What incredible timing though, because we're on the backside of this carnival, which by the way, let me say it again, for all of you who were a part of that, who gave towards that man, thank you so much. You guys did an incredible job. I'm talking incredible. Go ahead, give yourselves a hand. I see some of you like, not a golf clap, like, like, you know what I mean? like but, it, but it's incredible. So, so thank you, but, but what, a, what a great timing to speak on vision. Another reason that it's a great timing to speak on vision is because school was back in session. School's back in session. So that means this, that the sporting events have ramped up to, to 50, right? Like, like it, there's, there's a ton of extracurricular activities happening now, a, a ton. And so it's very important to be refocused on the vision so that we figure out how to implement in our busy schedules, how to be a part of what God is doing in his church in the midst of our busy schedules. It's on us to, to make time for what God is doing through his, through his church. It's on us. Listen, it's, it's crazy because I, man, I love sports. That's my wife. I love it. I, I just, that's the only thing on my TV, sports all the time. And so I love sports. I love doing things, but that's not going to be an excuse for not getting involved where God wants me to get involved. It's not going to be an excuse for me. It's not going to be. So it's me that has to work it out and figure it out if I wanna be a part of something that's bigger than me. Now, if, if we don't, then yeah, we can live in our own little bubbles and keep doing our own little thing. But if we wanna do something bigger than all of us, then we gotta get on the same page behind the vision. 
And speaking about the vision refocuses us to, to keep our eyes on it, especially during times that are, are incredibly busy. We live incredibly busy lives, every single one of us. And it's not getting any less full, by the way. I don't know about you, but my life is not getting less full. It's getting more full every single day. And so, man, I gotta figure out, okay, all right, I'm gonna have to not do this so that I can do this. And, and I wanna be a part of what God is doing. And here's the thing, man, about, about vision. It will always birth mission. And I'll tell you what the mission does. The mission is the vehicle that leads us to bring the vision to fruition. So God will give this vision to you. Then a, then a mission is birthed from the vision. And then you jump on that mission and you ride it until you, until you reach the vision to the fullness of what God has, has already, already been speaking to us over, over the years. And, and so God wanted to remind us of the mission today by telling us to capture your community. Tell your neighbor again, capture your community. Come on, tell them. I see some people not even saying it. Praise God. Like simple instruction. Like, capture. Like, I even tell you what to say. Like you ain't got to come up with nothing. You just do it. Like, amen. But capture your community. And you know, it's funny because the Lord brought back to remember it's just one time I was having a conversation with a pastor. I won't mention his name. Probably wouldn't be very kind of me. But I was talking to him and he was trying to convince me that the church exists for the saved. That the church is meant for the Christian, period, right? To which I reply, I, I think you're wrong, right? Like, I got no problem telling people when they're wrong, by the way. And what's crazy is I'm always right. So I'm always telling people they're wrong. So it's like, <laughs> so good to be me. You know, like, just kidding. But anywho, I was telling him how I, how I disagree with it. And I began to share with him what God had spoken to me about this, about this church. See, see, we want to be a place. This is what we want to be. We want to be a place where, where the saved simply come in to get on the same page to go grab the unsaved. That's, that's the heart here. That's the heart here. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save those who are lost. Jesus said, I didn't come for the righteous. I came for the unrighteous. That's what he said. He said, I came to set the captive free. I didn't come for, for those who are well, who are living life and living by the law. I didn't come for them. I came for the ones that, that can't do that. And so I disagree completely with the notion that the church exists simply for, for the saved because I don't think we can get the saved more saved. Right. I don't know what to tell you. I, now we could go into salvation versus sanctification and all those different things. And that's a theological thing that I could take you on. I ain't got time for that. The reality is scripture says, when you call on the name of the Lord, you are saved. By grace, you are saved. You're saved. There is no more getting more saved, right? No. So I, I disagree with that. And to be honest, if it, if it just existed for the, the, the Christian, right? If it did, it would be a social club. And I got very little to very no interest in being a part of a social club. I'll just be honest with you. None at all. I want to be a part of a movement. Yeah. That's what I, I want to be. And that's what the church is supposed to be. A movement to demonstrate the power of God by showing the love and the grace of God to everyone that we encounter. That's what the church is to be. And the, and the vision for CWC is to create a space, a place for people to come in and connect with Jesus. It's that simple. Yes. We don't need to make it real, real, real crazy like... It's simple. Make a place where people come in and connect with the presence of God. You know why? The moment they encounter him, everything in their life changes. It can never go back to the same. I'm not saying they'll go perfect right then, but they'll never be the same person because they can't be the moment they encounter him. Yeah. 
And because that's our vision, by the way, God honors us and and pours his presence out here every single week, week in and week out. The presence of God is here. The Lord is here. I can feel him all through me. And over the years of following him, I know his voice and I know when he shows up and I know when he doesn't. And week in and week out, he shows up here because our heart is to get those who don't know him. Jesus says, I I leave the 99 to get the one more. Why would he say that? Because the 99 are already saved. They can't get any more saved. So they're good. Like I'll leave them because I want to go get the one that isn't saved. The one that's lost, I'm going to go get them. And that's that's our, our heart. And so everything we do is geared towards that. The carnival, the Jesus shop, Adventure Kids Weekly, every single bit of it is heading in that direction. Even the lights, the cameras, the action, all that stuff is geared toward trying to reach people who don't know Jesus. And because that's our heart, man, God, God honors it. Because this place, man, we're, gonna, we're going after the unsaved. And if you wanna be a part of that, if you wanna be a part of something bigger than you, then this is a great place for you. But I'm gonna tell you right now, it takes a selfless attitude selfless because it's not about us it's not about us and that's hard for human beings to think and take in for real like when i go home i want it all to be about me i'm just being honest like babe it's about me ain't about anybody else but god wants us to be selfless not selfish and so because it's about everyone else man we we go hard looking for the people who need him amen amen and it's funny because, you know, I've had multiple people come in here and say, hey, hey, pastor, you, you need to turn the lights on. It's too dark. You, you got to turn the lights on. You, you need to stop having the lights move on, on the stage. Like, you, you need to, to stop all this. You need to do this and you need to do that. You need to turn the music down. Da, 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 da. I've had it a ton of times. To which you can look around and see my reply. Like, <laughs> I don't even got to tell you what I said because you can see what I said. Like, <laughs> and I've told people several different times, man, I... I want people to feel comfortable in here. And I've had them tell me, yeah, but, but your church looks more like a club than a church. And I'm like, okay, well, look, if, if having a club type feel makes people who go to clubs feel more comfortable in here, I'm good with it. Because the moment they stop with the walls, Christ can penetrate their heart. Holy Spirit grips them, they'll wreck them. God will wreck them. Not to mention, I've never been to a club with the presence of God. I'm just saying, never have. If you've been to one, let me know. I'll try it out. Like, I'll, t- I'll test it. No, no problem. We'll go together. Like, you know I mean? <laughs> but here's the thing that people don't realize either. They don't realize that, that I got a word from God and God took me into a vision to show me what everything in here looks like today. It looks what it looks like because God told me to make it look like this. I promise you, from the chairs to the carpet, that's why it looks the way it looks. And the funny thing is, is Julie and I, when we took over several years ago, churches didn't look like this. This isn't how churches look. Now, everybody's doing it now. We never even knew Elevation existed. Never knew it. Didn't know them, didn't know anything about them. Because I got to be honest, me and Julie's not from the church world. Like we, we're not. We're people that God came and, and rescued and took us out of that life. And so, man, I had no, I had no concept of what churches were doing. So we didn't copy and paste something we seen. God took me in a vision. I was laying right here. Actually, it was right there. I was laying on this, this like brown floor that we had back then. And God took me into a vision and showed me, this is what it's going to look like, Keith. Cool, Lord. And, and I got pictures. Pull the pictures up. I just want to show you, just so you have a reference point for those of you who've never seen. 
what the place looked like before. So here was the, the sanctuary. That's the stage, right? It's great. Keep going. Bam. Stop right there. So I was laying right here on that brown, disgusting floor, by the way. My clothes got dirty. I remember I was not happy. But the Lord told me to lay prostrate before him, so I did. And, and the Lord spoke to me, Keith, this is the way it's going to look. And so it looks like it looks because God told me to make it look like, like this. And so it's wild how God does this. It's wild how he speaks to us very specific things. Did you know there was no bathrooms here when we got here? Like, there was no bathrooms up here. There was one little tiny stall like way in the back that you couldn't really get to because like, there was too much stuff in the way. No, no, we added the bathrooms, the foyer, all that stuff. It's because God told us to do it. Over the years, he just kept adding to us. And it was funny, several years back, right? When I first took over, I was having a fine dining lunch up at Subway, okay? And after I was treating myself, you know what I mean? But after I was done eating, I was walking back to, to, to work. And I was coming up the steps. And at that time, I was all by myself. We didn't have no staff. It was just me with 19 other people in the church, right? So it was like, it was just me. So anyway, I come up and the Lord says, stop right there and sit down. So I turned around and I sat on the steps because there was no, again, no foyer, just a porch with a bunch of steps. So I sat down on them steps and God said, look to the left and look to the right. So I looked to the left and I looked to the right and God says, I'm gonna give you every bit of it. Every single bit of it, right? I said, well, that, that sounds great. And the Lord said, the reason I'm gonna give it to you is because you're gonna have to rip some of these properties down to expand what I'm gonna do through you guys at, at CWC. He said, people are gonna come from all over to see what God is doing in little old Tyrone. Why? So that he gets the glory, not us. That's why he's going to do it. Just because I can't, I can't take the credit. I'm like, I have no clue what to do. God just spoke it and we did it. But this is what he said to me. And then he said this. He said, yeah, also though, you're going to have some of these properties and you're going to fix them up and you're going to rent them. To which I replied, I said, Lord, I have no interest in being a property manager. None. I don't want nothing to do with it. I don't want to deal with renters. I don't want to deal with none of that. Like, I, I'm too busy. I don't want to deal with it. The Lord said, trust me. And how you're going to know it's from me is I'm going to have them seek you. You won't seek a single property. The property people will come to you. And did you know we own five properties now? And every one of them, the people came to me. I never said one word to them. They showed up knocking on my door saying, hey, hey, pastor, do, would you be interested in buying this property? And the Lord reminded me, remember when I told you, they'll come for you. You won't have to come for them. And this is what God does. And, and over the next three years, we believe this is God's timeline, that over the next three years, we'll rip a couple of them down, expand our building with the new children's wing and, 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 and new things to, to accommodate where God wants to take us. These are the different things within the vision that God has done here. And it's gonna be really cool to see how God continues. So from the lights to the cafe, from the, from the music to, 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 to all that different stuff, from the window to the wall, like all of it... <laughs> See, there I go again, just saying things. But from the, yeah. So from all of it, man, God, from all of it, God has showed us every step of the way. He's so gracious in that, giving us the vision to, to be added to. And, and it's so cool. But this is why we are an outreach church because God spoke to us to be one, to reach out into the community, to capture our community. The church should be a place that exists to go after the lost. That's why it should exist. So, so people who say the church exists for, for, for the Christian, I, I just completely disagree with that. We're, we exist to reach the one that is far from God. 
That's why, that's why we do. So if the way this church looks helps us do that, praise God. Pray, praise God if, if that's the way, if this is what it, what it takes. And, and it's funny because people, yeah, obviously they don't know the vision. I don't expect them to know the vision. That, that's my job, by the way. I'm the one that's supposed to know the vision and then carry out what God has. That's how God works, right? So, so like, he gives me the vision. I'm the one responsible to carry out the vision. You know, I've had people, listen, people I love and respect come to me and ask me to change things. And they ended up leaving because I said, I, I can't change it. I'm sorry. I wish I could, but, but I can't do it. I'm the one going to answer to God for what happens at this church and the direction this church goes. Me, nobody else. No one can carry out the vision for me, but I need people to buy into it with me so that we can go get who God has told us to get. Amen. Amen. And listen, I, hey, and I want to be very clear because I, I don't want to seem like I'm pointing fingers at other churches. Like if they don't do church the way we're, we're doing church, they're wrong, right? And how they do church. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this is just what God told us. And so this is why it looks the way it does. And all of it's heading towards that. You see, scripture says this, that we are to become all things to all men and hopes to win a few with the aim to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's what we want to do here. And so everything we do is headed towards that vision of direction. Amen. 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 And, and look really quickly here. You guys good? Yeah. Are you still with me? Yeah. Okay. I'm already 25 minutes into this thing. So I only got like 10 minutes to wrap this up. I'll try to land it in 10 minutes. Second Corinthians chapter five. We're gonna start in verse 11, okay? But before we get to, to verse 11, let me give you a little context for the text that's taking place. Because Paul starts this thing off at the very beginning, explaining how this body that we live in is mortal. That it's a mortal body and how everything that is mortal will be destroyed, is, is what he's explaining. And because that's the truth, everything that's mortal will be destroyed, the mortal has to transform into what is eternal. It has no choice. And he says this, that God has guaranteed us this transformation by his spirit. This is what Paul is encouraging us with. He says, because it's by the spirit that death was swallowed up by life, by the spirit of God. And he says, so you are guaranteed to transform from mortal to eternal by my, by my spirit. So, so this is what he's saying for those of us who have given our lives to Jesus. We now are, we have a security in our eternity and who he is in us. That's, that's all Paul is saying. And he's saying now we have the confidence because we understand that this, 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 this earth is not our home, that we're strangers and sojourners and aliens in this place. That's who we are. We're just passing through, trying to get as, as many people as we can to come with us because life is but a vapor. It's here one moment, gone the next. And so we're trying to get as many people we can to know Jesus. This is what he says. He says, because one day, this is actually, this is a little bit scary in a way. He says, because one day you're gonna stand before the judgment seat of Christ. One day you're gonna stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and all his glory and power and majesty. And at that time, grace is gone. Did you know that? When Jesus returns, the grace is finished. We're in the time of grace, but when he returns, there's no more grace. It's you either live for him or you didn't. Like that's, that's all there is. He says this, when I come back, I will come back with a sword coming out of my mouth, striking down all those who oppose me, right? So, so he says, look guys, one day you're gonna stand before the judgment seat of Christ and you're gonna give an account of what you've done, whether good or evil, and you will be paid according to what you've done. This is, this is what he says, for the good or the evil. And he goes on and, and this is what he says in verse 
Thank you. Verse 11, they're ahead of me. It says this, he starts off saying these two words, since then, I'm gonna stop right there just for a minute. Since then. This is what he means by that. This is what he's saying. Because we realize that one day, the mortal is going to be destroyed and we have to be eternal. Because we realize that since then, since then, we're gonna stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Since then, we know that it, what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. I love that. Paul says, you already know what it is. Touch your neighbor and say, you know what it is. You know what it, you know what it is. You know what it is. Yeah, yeah. You already know what it is. You know what it is to fear the Lord. So we, we try to persuade others. We're trying to capture our community because we already know what it is. This is why we exist as a church, to persuade others of the reality of eternity. That's our job to go get him. He goes on, he says, since then we know what it is to fear the Lord. We, we tried to persuade others. What we are is plain to God. And I hope that it is also plain to you and your conscience. What's he saying? He's saying this, the way we, we live our lives, how we present the gospel through our lives, God sees it, it's plain to him because he knows what's in us and he, he sees how we are and he is pleased with that. This is what Paul's saying. He's saying, me though, man, I, what I hope is everyone else sees it as well, that it's plain to everyone else that we're just trying to persuade you with the, with the love of Christ Jesus. He goes on, verse 12, he says, we are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it's for you. For Christ's love compels us, it captures us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all have, have died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves. They don't want us to be, God don't want us to be self-absorbed that it's all about us. They they're no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised again for them. This is what Paul's saying. Now, now listen, I'm gonna take a break just for a second. I'm gonna, we've had multiple people say that this church is crazy. No, for real. Called it a cult. I've been called all kinds of things. Seriously, it's a cult. Da, 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 da. And you know, it actually excites me. I'm like, we know we're doing something. <laughs> we know we're doing something. If, if the enemy is so upset that he's getting people to stare at us and then judge us and call us crazy. Because, which I replied, yeah, I am crazy if loving Christ is crazy. Like, I'm in love with Jesus. It's just that simple. I'm not ashamed to tell you. He's everything to me. He's everything in me. Like, I don't want anything if it isn't of him. I just don't. And so if that, call, if that means I'm crazy, cool. I guess I'll be crazy. And he says, look, so if, you, if you're living for God and people see how you're surrendered to him and they think that's crazy, so be it. Because that's for God. It's for his, his glory, right? That's, that's one part of it. But the other part is he's saying this. We're not to act crazy for crazy's sake. That's what he says. Or as my daughter would say to me, dad, stop being cray cray. Like, that's what she says. I don't even know what that means either, but it's something. That's what she says. So that's what I'm saying. Don't be crazy just to be crazy. I tell brothers and sisters in Christ all the time. I say, hey guys, be normal. Be normal. Have normal conversations with normal people. Just, just be normal. 
You don't have to be socially awkward because you're a Christian. And if we are socially awkward, then we need to be praying that the Holy Ghost would transform us. I'm dead serious. Because we're the ones presenting the gospel. We are. And so he's saying, if I'm in my right mind, that's for you. So, so not to be crazy, just to be, to be crazy. We can't be walking up to people just speaking in tongues, right? Like, it's not going to help them. It's not going to help them. Well, we're to walk up to them and share with them the love of Christ that's compelled us, that has captured us, that has convinced us to live for him. That's, that's what we're to do. Now, if us are worshiping Jesus and they're from the outside seeing that and they call us crazy, so be it. That's cool. But if they talk to me, I'm a normal guy. Guy who loves sports, I could talk about whatever. Pretty well-rounded. I even talk about hunting, even though I don't know anything. Like, I've had to learn that in Tyrone, Pennsylvania. I'm from the city. I, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know nothing about hunting. So I, I'd hang out with Tori and Russ to, to learn a little bit of hunting. So, but I'm just a normal guy. And so when people come to talk to us and have a conversation, they should see we're normal. This is what he's saying. If we're in our right mind, it's, it's for you. It's for you. The only difference between us and them is we've been captured by the love of Christ. That's it. The only reason we went from sinner to saint is because we've called on his name. Not because we're great. Because he's great. Because he's great. It goes on into verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, come on. They're a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. All this is from God, by the way, Paul, making sure we understand. This is from God. This is what God has designed for us to live by. This is all from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave you and I, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world unto himself in Christ not counting people's sin against them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for throwing my sin in the sea of forgetfulness, from tossing it as far as the east is from the west, not holding my sin against me. And he has committed to us, you and I, the message of reconciliation. And I, I love this because, see, this is the Lord telling us our mission in order to fulfill the vision. This is plain Plain black and white, this is where God took me. Paul's telling the church, he's saying, listen, you exist to reconcile those who need to be reconciled. That's why you're here. You're not here just to, to hang out together and just pray for one another, encourage one another. That's great, that happens within the church. Cool, we should do that. But man, it's so much more than that. We gotta start viewing people through the eyes of Christ, through, through the lens of an extreme love that would cause him to lay down his life for them. We can no longer regard people in the wrongs that they've committed. Right. Can no longer look at them and see the things that they've done wrong. That's, that's not what we are to do. We, gotta, we have to stop labeling people by the sin they've committed. Yeah. We've got to knock that off. I can remember, man, back in the day, right before God delivered me from drug addiction, I was labeled as a drug addict. You are a drug addict. You're a drug addict. You'll live a drug addict. You'll die a drug addict. That's what they would tell me all the time. I can even remember going to different programs to get help with my addiction, and they would make me label myself as a drug addict. Hi, my name is Keith, and I'm a drug addict. Wrong. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I'm no longer him any longer. God is not holding that sin against me, so why would I hold it against myself or against others? What well, gives us the right to do that? We've got to capture 
our community. We gotta start viewing people and the church as a place to simply go out and grab those who don't know him. And in the process, get closer to him. (laughs) Amen. To be conformed to the image and likeness of Christ. That's that's the goal for us. That's the goal. Because see, man, when we start getting that in our hearts, things that we quote unquote don't like, don't matter. That ain't about us. Don't matter anymore. It's no longer about me. I, I don't really care. It's all bigger than me. And so if the pastor wants to wear ripped skinny jeans, who cares? Right, like, the worship leader wants to wear a hat while he's worshiping. It makes him more comfortable. Cool. No problem. We don't care. As long as it's bringing people in the doors, we're good. We're good. He goes on. He says, the reason we act and think like this is because we're ambassadors of Christ. That's why. As though God was making his appeal through us to the people. We implore you. Right? He's telling the church. This is written to the church. The church in Corinth, he's, he's writing to them. He's saying, man, we implore you. We implore you on Christ's behalf to go and be reconciled to God and get those who are unreconciled. God made him who had no sin become sin so that we could be known as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what's happened for us and we need to tell people about it. That's what he's saying. This is what it looks like to capture your community, guys, right here. The church has to get this mindset deep in them because nothing else matters on this earth there is nothing else did you know god only cares about souls did you know that he's most important thing to him is souls that's why the greatest miracle is going from lost to found not being healed love healing i love healing i want to see it but the greatest miracle is that once i was dead now i'm alive that's the thing about being a part of seed and this is what it looks like and here's the cool crazy cool thing about being a part of cwc there's so many opportunities to be the gospel message. Here's the truth about it, but to be about it. And here's the truth. One day we'll stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We'll give an account for what we did with the opportunities presented to us through the church we're a part of. What did we do with the gospel? And the reality is us being too busy isn't gonna matter. It's not gonna be an excuse that God's gonna be like, oh, okay, cool. Like, ah, it's cool. Yeah, you're busy. No. No. We will be rewarded and receive what we are owed based off of what we did for him. And listen, praying isn't enough. Oh, pastor, you're so wrong. Read the book of James. Faith without works is dead. If all we're doing is praying, we got dead faith. That's the Bible. I don't know what to tell you. Like, that makes you mad. Read the Bible. Matter of fact, he says this. He says, if someone comes to you and they're hungry and they're cold and all you do is pray for them, you didn't do nothing for them. You weren't Christ at all. Instead, yes, pray for them, but give them something to eat and clothe them. Then you're being the gospel. Faith without works is dead. Display your faith through the works you do. That's what it's saying. That's what it's saying. We have to figure out how to, how to get involved and where to get involved in what God is doing through his church. We have to. And there's so many things to, to be a part of here. So many things. We've got multiple outreaches throughout the year to give us an opportunity to be the gospel, to shine the light of Christ in a community that is lost. And the reality is this. If you serve, you're not serving because Pastor Keith and Julie told you to or asked you to. It's because it's scripture tells you to. I tell our volunteer team all the time, the, the different teams, guys, you don't serve because there's a need. 
You serve because you serve a king. That's why you're serving. You ain't serving for me. Please don't serve for me. It ain't gonna get you anything. Pat on the back and attaboy. It'll get you that, maybe a gift card at Christmas. If that's all you want, no, 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 no. You do it unto the glory of God the Father so that he will store up riches and treasures in heaven for you. That's, That's what it is. Scripture tells us to whatever we find to put our hands to, we do that with all of our might unto the glory of God the Father. Because so often I hear people say, well, I'm not called to that, right? That's like the Christian term. Imagine at work, you tell your boss, well, I don't feel called to that, so. You know, boss, you would be fired so quick. Like, get out of here. You don't feel called, man. God says, whatever you find to put your hands to, you do that thing. You do that thing. You know, on purpose, I will do things that I don't like to do on purpose. You know why? Because I want to beat my body to make it my slave. I don't want to be a slave to it. I don't want to be a slave to it. I want to crucify my flesh, pick up my cross to follow him. So that means at times I got to do things I don't, I don't really want to do. We, we have to get in, involved with what God is doing. And there's a ton of things to, to do. Now, the carnival has already passed by us. If you didn't serve there, you didn't help at all there, okay, it's fine. Because guess what? There's another opportunity right around the corner. We have connection staff. We've got all kinds of stuff. Adventure kids to get a part of. I'll tell you what, man, what an amazing opportunity to serve at Adventure Kids or Refuge. Amazing opportunity. You're actually shaping and molding the future. We should have so many people. You are doing that. You, you are doing that. I'm telling you, man, we should have so many people beating on that door. I got to tell them, no, sorry, you can't serve. Apologize, there's just too many. The reality is that doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. We, we have over 90 kids that show up here every single Sunday morning. 90 kids. 90 kids that can be shaped and molded by you. Think about that. That's crazy. That's crazy to teach these kids how to follow Jesus. So that when we stand before the king, before the the throne room, God will reward us according to the fruit that we've sowed into these kids. Imagine that. How you spoke the gospel into their heart and their whole life started a legacy. Just their now, but their future as well. Their kids as kids as kids. You start a legacy by speaking into kids' lives. And the 90 are just on, so he warned you. Morning, by the way. So on your seat, you guys had something. John told me we were gonna get to it, so he warned you. He gave fair warning. Hold this up for me. Purpose, like, just so I know you got it. If you don't, I'll walk to you and give it to you. If you don't got it, it's because you threw it away on purpose. Like, this is sitting on your seat, you know what I mean? I told the staff to make sure it's on every single seat, every Thursday, every seat. There's over 40 kids that show up every Thursday night for this. Over 40 kids. And it's different than Sunday mornings, by the way. Completely different. It's an outreach program. 90% of those 40 kids, we bus in. We go pick them up. Because they don't have a way to get here, so we go and get them. And so the only Jesus they are seeing is you. That's it. That's it. The only Jesus they will experience is the Jesus they see in you. Do you know when you ask a kid the reason that they came back to church, you are a grown up, you know 90% of the answer you're gonna get? Because when I was a kid, someone told me about Jesus and I couldn't get it out of my heart. So I had to come back to him, to my first love. And look, man, we don't just feed them spiritually, we feed them physically. We don't just pray for them. Obviously we pray for them, obviously. But man, we feed them and we clothe them if necessary because we want to capture our community. 
But you know what the sad reality is? And I'm just gonna be real with you. You guys can handle some realness today. I hope you can, because I'm gonna give it to you whether you can or not. If we don't get people to start helping, we will have to stop the program because the program's getting so big that we no longer can do it with just the minor, the, the small group of volunteers that do it week in and week out. We can't handle it anymore. The ratio of kids to adults is set by Pennsylvania, not me. Because me, I'd come in there all by myself, 40 kids. I don't care. Let's get it. But come on, let's go. We'll wrestle, we'll do whatever. Like, I'm just telling you. But I can't do that by the state of Pennsylvania. They'll sue me. <laughs> Take my 501c3 away. Yeah. But guys, if, if we don't get people to start, to start helping with this, I gotta stop it. And I would hate to miss out on reaching these, these kids that are unchurched, that don't know anything about God just because we are too busy. And I know we're busy, we're all busy. But I'm gonna ask you to look over. So I had them do it real simple for you, super simple. There's multiple dates that this thing's gonna run through, multiple dates. You just gotta check one or two. If, if, if people would, would serve, you know, you'd have to do it maybe once the entire time this thing's going, just one time, for an hour and a half on a Thursday night. If people would all get involved, there'd be unity behind it. But we need you, that's what it is, we need help. And if you're not a teacher, that's okay. We, we need you to be there just to, to back up the teacher. We got teachers. And if you do wanna be a teacher, awesome, that's cool too, but we need van drivers, we, we, we need people, we need people to be a part of what God is doing through these kids, guys. We have to bind together in unity in order to capture this community. It's gotta take us together. Amen. Stand to your feet, please. Stand at 6.30 on Thursday nights. The time ain't on there. The only thing they missed, 6.30 to eight o'clock. Listen, I made them pull that together in one day. I was like, hey, I need you to take this on for me. <laughs> They're like, pastor, they do such a great job. And guys, listen, one more thing, and I'm gonna let you go. What time is it? Am I way over? I'm good, 10.55. We got another 20 minutes. Sit down. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, one other thing that I wanna share with you that the Lord spoke to me. So he, he, he spoke to me to do a, a night, Wednesday night service for this next season. There's not gonna be any more connect groups for this season. And here's the reason. God spoke to me. He said, I want a church of one. I want a church of one. And because we have two services on Sunday, but because we have two reality, we got too many people that come here to fit us all in one service. I wish I could, but we can't. But because we have two services, a lot of people don't see each other. They don't even know each other. They, they don't even get a seat at all, just to be honest. And so the Lord said, I want you on Wednesday nights. I want you to do away from connect groups for a season. I don't know how long that season will be, just to be honest with you, I don't know. That's as far as God taking me right now. And I want you to have worship and a word. And so I'm gonna bring a teaching on Wednesday nights starting October the 2nd at 6.30 p.m. We're calling it the Night of One because we want a church that is one people, not a church with a bunch of different ones because that, that has no power at all. That's why Jesus said, I'll send you out by twos because there's power mind. And so, man, when we get into one heart, one accord, one mind, one heart, and one direction, being Jesus, Man, this place will erupt with the power of God. And that's what we want. That's what we want. And so guys, let's, let's do it. Come and be a part of those Wednesday nights if you can make it. We're also going to send out a link to you as well. It'll be on Facebook that if you can't make it, because I know life is busy. I know it is. 
So what we wanna do is, is bring it into your home, but you'll have to click the link. We're not gonna send it just live over YouTube, right? Like you're gonna have to take the link and click on it to get in it, okay? So man, and I'm excited because God gave us a how-to, not how to lose a guy in 10 days, but a how-to, a how-to guide. I just seen Matthew McConaughey the other day, like on, on, on the Longhorns thing yesterday. So I got him all up in my head. It's in my head. No, so what was I saying? I'm all over the place, ADD, it's horrible. Um, no, but, but the Lord wants us to do how to study the Bible. You know how important this is? A lot of people just don't know how. You know why? They've never been taught. They've never been taught. So I'm gonna teach you how to study God's word, how to reference different things in the scriptures, where I go through for different things and commentaries and, and these other resources that are available to you completely free of charge. All right, so we're gonna go through how to study God's word. Then we're gonna go to how to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Then we're gonna go to how to operate in the gifts of the spirit. How to, like we're just gonna keep doing this how to that God has spoken to us. We're gonna do it together, amen. Yeah. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the vision that you have given us. And I pray, Lord, that each and every one of us would see this vision and God, we would buy into this vision, that we would try to persuade others with this love of Christ that compels us to do so. I pray that all of us would be hungry to be a part of what you're doing, Father. Lord, help us to see it. Help us to realize it. Help us to grasp it. Use us for your glory, Jesus, I pray. Touch every heart here, every mind here. Father, I thank you for our people. I thank you for their heart. I thank you for who they are in you. And I pray for more. I pray for an increase of your presence in their lives. I pray for an increase of wisdom and revelation so that they can know you better, Lord. I pray that to take place over every single person within the sound of my voice. Jesus, we love you. We bless you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.